Catherine of Aragon should have been the only queen that Henry VIII ever had. However, in 1501, when she arrived in England, she wasn't meant to marry Henry, but his brother and heir to the throne, Arthur, Prince of Wales. It was that marriage to Henry's brother that would unexpectedly change the course of Catherine's life and the reign of Henry VIII. Hi, I'm Rebecca Larson, owner of TudorsDynasty.com, and this is my podcast. In this episode, I'll examine the differences between the six wives of Henry VIII and talk about which is my favorite. But before I do that, let's discuss who your favorite is. I've posed this question several times on Facebook, but never have I tallied the numbers and shared the results with you. On Friday, I asked on Facebook, which of Henry's wives is your favorite and why? The response was so overwhelming that I could barely keep up with them. If I didn't respond to yours, I'm truly sorry, but I did read them all. Okay, now on to the crowd voting. I'll start with the least favorite to the most to kind of help build a little suspense. Number six was Katherine Howard. While I'm only mildly surprised because you always seem very interested when I post articles about her, Catherine's reign was so short and her contributions during the time with Henry were non-existent that we don't know her well enough to like her. Selene voted for her and said Catherine Howard gets a short shift because she is seen as something of a bimbo. I pity her because she was so young and was propelled into marriage with a creepy, obese old man to further her family's greed and ambition. Moving along to number five, Jane Seymour. This really doesn't surprise me too much either. Even author David Lodes didn't have much to say about Jane in his book about her. Carol Ann said she voted for Jane Seymour because we know so little about her. I believe she was smarter than people give her credit for, but that she knew when to fight her battles. Also, she didn't have long as queen, and no one got to see her full potential. Number four is Catherine Parr. Catherine doesn't have the cult following of some of the other wives, but she definitely deserves more credit. Jay Ruth said she voted for her because Catherine Parr, she survived Henry VIII by use of her intelligence. She gave his children a sense of family probably for the first time in their lives. Sylvia said, Catherine Parr, I like her because the role that she had in Henry's relationship with his children. If it wasn't for Catherine, perhaps he wouldn't have maintained very close relationships to them. Also, her belief in love for the Protestant cause, which almost brought her demise, but she was smart enough to comply to the king. Moving on to number three is, drum roll please, Catherine of Aragon. I was honestly surprised that Catherine came in third. Now, the people that voted for her, La Michelle said, my favorite was Catherine of Aragon. She was a true queen and successful regent when Henry was away. She was married to him for over 20 years and never wavered on her morals. She was willing to do anything for him except divorce him. They really did her a disservice in the TV show The Tudors. Christina said, Catherine of Aragon, she endured years of neglect after Prince Arthur died, suffered all those miscarriages and stillbirths, and when Henry tried to have the marriage annulled, she stuck to her guns and never gave in. Katie said, Catherine of Aragon, because she was so strong-willed, she survived Henry the longest and still loved him and was devoted to him no matter how cruel he could be. She was the first female ambassador and regent to Henry VIII, even though she couldn't produce a son. He obviously had a lot of respect towards her. And our runner-up, number two, is 
Anne of Cleves. I have to admit, I was a bit surprised that she came in number two, only five votes ahead of Catherine. Recently, Anne of Cleves has become a favorite, the popular answer, and I'm not sure what's caused the shift. Icy Nicole said, I kind of like Anne of Cleves. She got all the perks of being royal without having to deal with Henry's moods or living in constant fear of being killed to make way for the next wife. She was smart enough to realize that it wasn't going to happen and took what she could to make the best of it and lived a long and great life as one of Henry's closest friends. Maria said, I think Anne of Cleves. She was able to keep her head, actually became friends with Henry, and made the most graceful exit as his queen. Others were not so lucky as history can attest. Clementine said, Anne of Cleves has always been my favorite because she was a stranger in England. She did not know the language, customs, or people, but she survived and made her own way under her own counsel. She was a good example for Elizabeth, who I am sure observed and benefited from Anne's example. So that leaves us with number one, the people's choice, which to me was no surprise, Anne Boleyn. Anne had almost 20 more votes than Anne of Cleves, so technically it was kind of close. Here's what a few of you had to say about Anne and why you chose her. Carolyn said, Anne Boleyn, I think she was extremely smart and daring. And the fact that she wanted all people to have the liberty to read and learn about the Bible is something that really calls my attention about her. In a time when only royals were allowed to have or read the Bible, her eagerness to give everyone the same opportunity is truly amazing. Charlotte said, without a shadow of a doubt, it is Anne Boleyn. I've always been drawn to her. I feel she was a woman ahead of her time. She was cultured, had lived abroad, she was complex, and she must have had such a strong and captivating personality. And she was not going to be a queenly doormat. She was opinionated, vivacious, and determined. In the 21st century, those are surely qualities that are now openly the norm. Constance said, Anne Boleyn, because her story awakened my interest in the Tudors, and then English history in general. Anne was smart, calculating, and a woman before her time. I can only imagine what she could have been if she had lived in the 21st century. She changed history in her time and kept a great king enthralled for years until she became his queen. Who's my favorite? <clears throat> Alright, this is going to be a hard one for me. It might be easier to start with who's not my favorite. Now, Jane Seymour, I've had a hard time liking the woman who replaced Anne Boleyn, so we'll cross her off. Catherine Howard, oh, kitty, what a mess you made of things. She's off the list. Now, let's look at those who remain. We have Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boleyn, Anne of Cleves, and Catherine Parr. This is where it gets difficult for me. Catherine of Aragon was strong. Anne Boleyn was brave. Anne of Cleves was wise. And Catherine Parr was kind. If I had to choose one, I'd have to choose Anne Boleyn because there's so much mystery surrounding her and her unjust execution leaves us all wanting to know more about her. So there it is. Anne Boleyn is my favorite. As much as I've tried not to be one of a million people who love her, I still do. Now that that's out of the way, I need to get to a very important part of this podcast. The thank yous to those who support my work. Thank you so much for Jessica for becoming a patron again on Patreon. You are truly missed. I'd also like to thank Regina, who is the only person in the month of August to make a one-time PayPal donation. Thank you, ladies. I couldn't continue producing podcasts and content for the website without your support. A special thank you to all of those who have supported me in the past or continue to support me on Patreon. 
If you feel you'd like to participate and help further my cause, you can do so as well. If you go to patreon.com slash tutorsdynasty and click on become a patron, you can choose the monthly level that fits your budget. Otherwise, if you're interested in making a one-time donation, you can usually find a donation button in one of my articles on tunersdynasty.com, or you can send me an email to englishhistoryblogger at gmail.com, and I will gladly send you a link. Okay, I'm done talking about me now. Let's get back to the point of this podcast, The Six Wives of Henry VIII. Let's start with Catherine of Aragon. Catherine was, in my opinion, the most regal of all the wives. She came from a royal European family and was raised to be a queen consort. She had all the training that would be needed to rule alongside of king. Blamed for not providing her husband with a surviving son, Catherine would give birth or miscarry several babies, but only their daughter Mary survived to adulthood. When Catherine realized her husband, the king, was interested in Anne Boleyn, she did not believe their relationship was serious. She had faith and confidence in the fact that Henry would come back to her because he always had. When he didn't, she fought with all her mother's grace against divorce proceedings. Henry and Catherine's daughter, Princess Mary, was the king's pearl of the realm. Mary unfortunately suffered the consequences by taking the same stance as her mother. They would not surrender. Catherine of Aragon would go on to carry the love of her supporters with her. She spent time praying for a better outcome to her cause. Around every corner, Catherine's end would draw near. She died nearly alone in January 1536 at Kimbolton Castle. Henry was free of his first wife for good, and Anne Boleyn was, without a doubt, his queen. After her death, their daughter Mary was declared a bastard and removed from the line of succession for many years. Now, Anne Boleyn was English-born and the daughter of Sir Thomas Boleyn and Elizabeth Howard. Anne grew up at Hever Castle with her older sister Mary and younger brother George. Anne was not raised to be queen, but she had a great upbringing being educated at the court of Margaret of Austria and Michelin, learning to speak French fluently, among many other skills. Through Elizabeth Howard, Anne came from the powerful noble Howard family, led by the Duke of Norfolk. Her father, Thomas Boleyn, climbed up in the ranks within the inner circle of Henry VIII. Her brother George became Lord Rochford, and the Boleyns prospered during Anne's reign. Anne believed that she would give the king the strong son he so desired. In 1533, she gave birth to Princess Elizabeth, the future Elizabeth I, but the king believed boys would soon follow. Unfortunately, they would not survive. Henry VIII eventually tired of Anne Boleyn. He had learned from his divorce with Catherine and made sure this time things would go much smoother and quicker for him. Anne Boleyn, like Catherine of Aragon, had a daughter whose rights were at risk during the downfall of her mother. Anne, like Catherine, did everything she could to fight for her daughter's rights. Anne Boleyn was executed on the 19th of May, 1536. Her daughter Elizabeth was declared a bastard and removed from the line of succession for many years. Jane Seymour, like her predecessor Anne Boleyn, was English. She was born to Sir John Seymour and Marjorie Wentworth, and most likely grew up at Wolf Hall with her siblings Edward, Henry, Thomas, Elizabeth, and Dorothy. The Seymours were not considered royalty, but they were what could be considered of noble birth. They had been around for generations. Jane Seymour caught the eye of King Henry VIII while serving in the household of Queen Anne Boleyn. It is believed that Henry was attracted to Jane because she was the complete opposite of Anne. 
Jane also knew well how to play the game with Henry, telling him she could not be his mistress for her own honor. Ten days after the execution of Anne Boleyn, Jane became the third queen consort of Henry VIII. We don't know what feelings, if any, Jane had for Henry, but what we do know is that she finally presented the king with the surviving male heir he so desperately wanted. Jane Seymour died 12 days after the long delivery of her son, Edward, on the 24th of October, 1537. Anne of Cleves was the daughter of John III Duke of Cleves and Maria of Ulichburg. After Henry's marriage to Catherine of Aragon, which was his choice, yet still a political match, he moved to Anne Boleyn, who was a love match, followed by Jane Seymour, who was also a love match. When it came time to find a fourth queen, it became imperative once again for Henry to marry for political reasons. This is why Anne of Cleves became a candidate and eventually wife of the King of England. Unfortunately, the marriage alliance would not be a success for Henry. The king did not wish to marry Anne, and he was upset for multiple reasons, but most believe it's because she did not recognize him when he was in disguise to greet her at Dover. This bruised the overweight king's ego, and he began to say things like, I like her not. And by saying such blasphemous things like, her breasts were loose and she was no virgin. Anne and Henry were only married six months, but Anne had learned from Henry's prior relationships. When the time came, she willfully accepted his offer of annulment or divorce and became the king's sister. Anne outlived Henry VIII and all of his wives, including his last, Catherine Parr. Catherine Howard was the daughter of Edmund Howard and Joyce Culpepper. Edmund Howard was the son of Thomas Howard, 2nd Duke of Norfolk, and younger brother of Thomas Howard, 3rd Duke of Norfolk. In a nutshell, Catherine Howard came from the prestigious Howard family. Unfortunately, not long after the death of her mother, at about age five, Catherine was sent to live with her step-grandmother, the Dowager Duchess of Norfolk, Agnes Tilney. Tilney had many wards under her roof, but also seen often at court. With the Dowager Duchess being away at court so often, it appears that she had little direct involvement in the upbringing and education of her wards. On the 28th of July, 1540, Catherine Howard became Henry VIII's fifth queen consort during a secret ceremony at Oatlands Palace. Their nuptials were kept secret for 10 days before returning to the insanity of court life. The king, who was infatuated with his new bride, wanted to spend quality time alone with her before returning to his courtly duties. In Catherine, Henry found what represented the qualities that he admired most in a woman. Beauty, charm, a pleasant disposition, obedience, and virtue, all of which were much like his mother, Elizabeth of York. Unfortunately, Catherine Howard was not the virtuous wife Henry had hoped for. Catherine Howard's loose past with the Dowager Duchess and with her poor decision-making while queen, particularly when it came to Durham and Culpepper, ultimately led to her downfall. On the 10th of February, 1542, Catherine Howard entered the tower and three days later she was executed. Catherine Parr. Catherine Parr was born in 1512 to Sir Thomas Parr and Maud Green. Now a quote from the TudorQueen6.com website. Catherine is usually seen as the queen who came from nowhere, a nobody. Actually, Catherine was the daughter of a substantial northern knightly family who, like the Boleyns, had gone up in the world due to royal favor and advantageous marriages. According to David Starkey, Catherine was most likely better educated than Anne Boleyn, and her lineage was better than the Boleyns. Henry VIII set his eyes on Catherine Parr when she was in the household of his daughter, Lady Mary. Around the same time, Catherine had become the widow after the death of her second husband, Lord Latimer. 
Catherine and Thomas Seymour had fallen in love and were hoping to marry when Henry swooped in and proposed to her. She could not refuse the king and believed it was God's doing for her to become queen consort. Catherine married Henry VIII on the 12th of July, 1543, at Hapton Court Palace. She had never imagined being queen. Henry was her third husband. Catherine is exactly what Henry VIII needed. She was great with his children and knew much better than his previous wives, for the most part, when to speak and when not to. Catherine did not marry for love with her first three marriages, but she would find love in the children of her husbands. Catherine was a marvelous stepmother. It wasn't until she married Thomas Seymour that she finally fell in love and was blessed with a daughter, Mary. Catherine Parr died on the 5th of September, 1548, only days after giving birth to her daughter, Mary. So there you have it. That wraps up this podcast about the queens of Henry VIII and their differences. Of the six wives that Henry had, only two were of foreign birth. The other women were English. Of all six wives, only one, Catherine of Aragon, was actually raised to be queen. Thank you so much for joining me today for my Tudor's Dynasty podcast. If you have any feedback or questions regarding this episode, feel free to contact me via my website at tutorsdynasty.com. Under the home button, click contact. By email, you can reach me at englishhistoryblogger at gmail.com. You can send me a message on Facebook or find me on Twitter at Tudor's Dynasty.